Tell me, though, what's his technique? That last strike, it seems invincible. Sons of the Dragon, the Immortal Iron Fist podcast. My name is Connor McKenna. And I'm Carl Stout. And today is a special day uh, where we're taking a very brief break from our normal run and we are covering the new Power Man and Iron Fist that just came out a couple of days ago. The boys are back. Issue number one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, the the... Well, let's just talk about the... Uh, Alright, so we won't cover the variant covers right now, but we will cover the normal cover, so... Which, which one is the normal cover? Is it the one we have here in front of us? Yes. Is this classified as the normal cover? Where Iron Fist is leaning forward with his fist, all iron and ablaze, and Luke and... Cage has his arms crossed in the background, That's the that's the normal cover. With the I just smell the fart look. Yeah. And Danny with a I just farted look. Yes, with no black around the eyes of the mask, which I don't like. There's a bit of black. Uh, yeah. I mean, I actually I sort of like the cover. Um, no, I don't. I don't have a problem with the composition. Just the lack of the the eye shapes kind of irks me. Yeah. I just think it's sort of stylized, and as we'll as we'll go into during the issue, does this style pay off or does it fall flat? So but um, there are ten covers total, and I'm working on getting them all for myself because I have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> so I own the uh, the hip hop variant, mm-hmm. which is uh, Danny and Luke just sort of standing there looking snooty. Um, and I also have the classic variant, which is pretty self-explanatory. I'll just get the classic variant up now. Yeah, we won't, we won't cover all the variants because, well, they're variants. It's like a new marketing gimmick that they're doing, and I think it's working because they keep doing it. Uh, it, like, it must. We have, a, we have a Black Panther variant, which he makes no appearance in the book. Uh, but... Uh, Luke... I'm pretty sure Luke Cage appeared in a couple Black Panther issues, especially when Panther was in New York, and Iron Fist definitely has done crossovers with Black Panther on several different occasions on several different books. Mm. We have the, uh, the the classic variant, I think, is great. Um, I think it's uh, it's done by... And in the future, what happens? Huh? In the supposed future, what happens? Of course, your favorite writer crapped all over that future, so... Oh, Bendis? Yep. Uh, what did he do now? Shortly after the whole Misty Knight was pregnant with Danny's kid, before Bendis decided he didn't oh, like that right. killed it, there was a future issue, and in that future issue... That's right, Black yep. Black Panther and Storms... Was it their daughter? I can't remember who had the kid and who did, who had the girl and who had the boy. Ew, uh, I can't remember, but yeah, that got scrapped. I mean, I was—I know a lot of people got mad about that, but I didn't really care. Um, I, 
I thought it was a cop-out. Oh, it was and definitely then, a cop-out. And then he immediately throws him in bed with Spider-Woman. Yeah. And they, they supposedly get matching tattoos, it, which never appeared again in any book whatsoever. But we did get the best uh, Iron Fist breakup face ever from that <laughs> relationship, so... Um, I will Honestly. definitely post that in the show notes. <laughs> this this classic cover is great. I think it's done by uh, Trevor Von Edeen. Sorry if I've mispronounced your name. Um, and it's got uh, classic Power Man and Iron Fist standing in the middle. Both of Iron Fist's fists are ablaze. And there's, you know, Colleen, Sons of the Tiger, Misty, uh, Ella Gila, if anyone remembers him. Uh, is that... There's a few people that I don't recognize. So I will say, actually, right now, I'm very sketchy on my Power Man and Iron Fist history, and I'm even sketchier on my Power Man history. So there's a lot of, like, Power Man characters I might not recognize and stuff. So just in advance, I'm going to point that out because it's been a long time since I've read any Power Man and Iron Fist. I have all the covers saved on my phone, so I'll drop them all on the website. I not the website, we don't have the a website. Page, yeah. On the Facebook page, I'll drop one of every cover so everybody can see yeah. all the variants, including the super-duper, super-expensive, hard-to-get-with-the-two-of-them-high-fiving the each other. That's the latest one to pop up. So they just, like, keep popping up. I'll see if I can just, like... I would just like if there was just a... No... Yeah, uh, sorry guys, we can't. I can't really find all the variants to like go through them, so we'll just have yeah. to. Yeah. Judge for yourself. We'll post the pictures on yeah. our Facebook page. Visit it, like it. <laughs> but um, yeah, so this is a lot of people have been waiting for Power Man and Iron Fist to just like have a duo title again for a long time. I might add. Um, and thanks. And I honestly say this is mainly. The reason we're getting this, I think, is mainly because of Netflix. Yeah, which is one of the benefits, I think, to this whole Netflix thing is we get, you know, more more comics focusing on these characters. Um, so it's four dollars American. So uh, the boys, it's the boys are back, which is the title of this story. Uh, David Walker is the writer. Sanford Green is the artist. Uh, Lee Loveridge uh, is the color artist. VCs Clayton Cowles is the letterer and production. Um, and Sanford Green's the cover artist. That's for the normal cover. Um, and, ooh, that's a lot of variant cover artists. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, so we have Kalman Andrasovsky, John Tyler, Christopher. Uh, oh, wait, John Tyler, Christopher? Yep. Uh... Sanford Green, Theodos Jones, Chris Visions, Trevor Von Edeen, Rachel and Rachel Rosenberg, and Scotty Young. Uh, Jake Thomas is the editor. Axel Alonso is the editor in chief. Jerry Casada, Burn in Hell, is the uh, <laughs> chief creative officer. <laughs> You're saying it wrong. It's Joe Quesadilla. Wow. <laughs> uh, Dan Buckley is a publisher, and Alan Fine is the executive producer. And uh, so we have two paragraphs up the top. Uh, so we start off with Orphan Daniel Ran and the Power of the Iron Fist in the mystical city of Kunlun. As an adult, Danny oversees the Ran Corporation and moonlights as Iron Fist, Kung Fu Defender of the Innocent. 
Prisoner Luke Cage was subjected to experiments that gave him superhuman strength and durability. As Power Man, he's been a hero and an Avenger, and now a husband and father. Once upon a time, they were heroes for hire, Power Man and Iron Fist. So this is, Damn. um, like, Damn. if you're... It's the original logo. Yeah. It, it, the evidence, the bolts on the Iron Fist. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're, like, a new reader, like, you haven't read about either of his characters, this is, like, you can pick it up here. Uh, pretty sure there's no real previous knowledge required. Um... I mean, you know, previous knowledge is good, but yeah, I think this is definitely written, so you can just pick it up. Yeah, this is definitely that. Yeah, jump on, jumping on point. So we get to the first page, where Danny is per- practicing kung fu on the wharf. Yep. And Luke Cage is on the phone with his superhero wife. Yep, Jessica Jones, and. She's... Pretty much denying that they're getting back together. Yeah, not, Luke... not Jessica and Luke. Luke and Danny. Yeah, Luke has some real issues with getting back with Danny for some reason. I'm not sure if that's been covered before. It might have been. As I said, my my recent Power Man history is very awful. No, I think for the most part this is brand new. Also, because I mean, even in the Avengers books and everything, when they were all together. I mean, they named their baby girl after Danny. Her name's Danielle. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't think Luke has an issue with Danny. I think it's just being like, you know, the heroes for hire again. And uh, she even makes a pick, uh, crack that she doesn't want to see any tiara pictures. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, so they're just, you know, she's essentially teasing him. Um, Danny tells Luke to tell Jessica that he said hi. And uh, we get a flashback scene of Luke in his yellow silk shirt with armbands and tiara, and Iron Fist in his classic green and yellow with the mighty collar. Symbiotic collar, yep. And yep, so that's just a little recap going on with Danny there. And now they are waiting at the gates of Rikers Island. You can actually see it under the uh, razor wire on the chain chain link fence. It says Rikers Island. Yep. And uh, they're still making cracks. And Danny makes the crack that, you know, oh, you hurt me down to my soul. And he's (laughs) like, nobody loves you like I do, brother. And then the next... uh... I think if people have watched the Facebook page, they saw me post Luke Cage's head. Um, it looks uh, like Bluto from Popeye there. It's strange. I I sort of like what the style's going for, but I think this particular panel's one of the instances where it falls a bit flat. Um, well, maybe not flat, but it's really funny. And Dan, it's, Danny... It's, it's a, Danny looks something straight out of an anime. Yeah, he has that little anime nose thing going on where he's like all blushing and Luke mm-hmm. looks like the gentle giant who's really not all there. I don't know. He has, like, no eyes. It's weird. And as all this is going on, we see someone is leaving prison and getting their belongings. Yeah. And then they're on, because they're on Rikers Island, then they're on the ferry. And then we get a back-of-the-head scene, and it looks like somebody with a mohawk. Yeah. 
And then we find out that, you know, Luke feels, or Danny feels bad, rather, uh, for not being able to do more for five years. Yeah. And Luke's trying to comfort him, saying, look, man, if it weren't for you and me doing all we did, it would have been even longer. It's terrible what happens, but no one knows better than me. But it's over, because obviously Luke has experience in prison. Yeah. And then we find out who it is. It's Jenny. Jenny Royce. And she was uh, she was uh, in the old Paramount and Office. I remember that much, but I don't remember much else. <laughs> Former office manager for Heroes for Hire, convicted killer. Dun, dun, dun. And uh, so Shaggy Rand has got a interesting facial <laughs> expression there. Right, bro. <laughs> Want some Scooby snacks? Yeah, you need and, some uh, Jenny, Na- Jenny now, besides her new haircut, has a facial piercing, and she's covered in tattoos. Yep. Because you know that's what you do when you're in prison. Well, I mean, it is rockers. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be like the worst prison, isn't it? Oh, if anyone hears any panting or snorting in the background, that is my dog. So just ignore that. Yeah. So they are very happy to see that she's back. Uh, she apparently is smug about finally being free. They ask her if she wants to go anywhere as they get, load her into the family minivan that Luke Cage now drives. And she states that she just wants to go someplace with real food. And so he suggests the old spot. And she basically says any place that doesn't have bars or people looking to shank you is fine by her. So they go to the Excelsior Diner, preferred eatery of superheroes and crime fighters. I'm sure you'll get the reference in the name. Um, Stanley, devourer of souls. Which he did not invent for some people. Some reason, some people think that he, like, invented the word Excelsior. It's been around forever. Well, it's just his catchphrase. He's been named after it long before he started using it. It's his catchphrase, I think. Is... So Luke apologizes for not visiting more often, but as you know, I kind of have a thing for prisons. And she's like, you don't have to explain to me. And she goes into the nightmare that was prison for her when she first was escorted in, looking like Velma from Scooby-Doo. I sense a crossover coming. Or unless it's already a crossover. I'm not sure. This no, cafe... I was just thinking that because you call, you've been calling Danny Shaggy, yeah. so I had to film it. So this cafe <laughs> looks... Uh, I mean, it's a pretty standard cafe for a superhero eatery, but it does have like a bunch of photos and stuff in the background. And one of them... And that's either... That's either Spider-Man or Deadpool. I don't know which one. There's like a picture. I'm going to say that Deadpool. I mean, I would like to think it's a pun on how they both have a similar mask, but... I'm not sure. Oh, I definitely think that's Deadpool. Everyone hates Deadpool too much in Marvel Universe. Why would he be up on a wall? Oh, just because his movie came out this month? That's true. <laughs> um, and, it, and it's still killing it, and it's scaring people. Wow. How much money it's making? Yeah, it is making a lot of money. So, yes. Um, so, yeah, we get the flashback into prison. Um, and she basically says things were not good for her because the 
people quickly found out that she had worked for Power Man and Iron Fist. And that was almost as bad as being the ex-girlfriend of Crime Buster, which apparently she was in the older issues. Yeah. Turns out he owed a lot of people money. Yeah, I, I can't remember Crime Buster personally, um, but might come across him when we're going through the old issues, so... And she also says it's bad enough when you have an ex-boyfriend that be- beats the bleep out of you, but to have his enemies beat you for dating him, that's something else. <laughs> so, she did not have a fun five years. Yeah. Um. So the... The, the artwork for Daniel Luke isn't too bad in these cafe sequences, I guess. It's not, like, super detailed, but I think that's what the, you know, style's going for, I think. In some of these, I actually panels. really I don't have an issue with this artwork in these scenes. Yeah. Uh, later on, it gets a little too loose mm. for my likings. But this stuff, I mean, especially the next panel where it's the wide shot of them at the booth, uh, I think that one's probably one of the better panels. Yeah. Actually. Well, I hate the, the background comic. pictures. <laughs> but but then you can make everybody out. You got. Yeah. Spider-Man, you've got... Spider-Gwen. I don't know who that is. The, maybe the, I think that's supposed to be like the di- the owner of the diner who kind of a little bit looks like Stanley. That's and uh, you've got female Thor. I don't... Uh, Mario Duffy. Mario Duffy or something uh, there signed in the picture. Is that... You've got what looks like a Captain America shield. It's the U.S. agent shield is what it looks like. Yeah. Is that his name? U.S. agent? Yeah. Yeah, when he quit and became U.S. agent. Yeah. And the new guy became Captain America and sucked at it, and then they decided just to switch costumes. And then everyone became Captain America at one point, and, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the, uh, basically, uh, Jenny's telling them that um, someone, Eugene Crimebuster, owed money to, got hands on his storage locker and stole uh, a storage locker they shared before she got possessed and killed him. So, I'm guessing that happened in an issue somewhere. It sounds like a pretty big deal to just be... So, um... I think it's odd, though, that it's not referenced. Like, there's no, you know, Marv Wolfman comment in the corner, you know, issue... Well, they never never do that anymore. Like, they never do that. That's a crying shame. They should always do that. Yeah, they don't. Like, I mean, I was... When I read the new Deadpool run uh, by... uh, Jerry Duggan in uh, Person, which is amazing, fantastic, by the way, and you should definitely read it. Um, it's like, they never did that, but they reference so much obscure stuff from like the 90s, and it's mm-hmm. like, well, how would new readers ever... You know, like, I think, yeah, they... I don't know why they got made the decision to get rid of, like, you know, referencing older issues. I think DC does it as well, like, they don't do it anymore. So... Man, I don't know, it's odd. So pretty much, in a nutshell, Luke and Danny feel horrible that she was in prison for five years. They just couldn't have done more, so they offered to do anything she wants to help her. And Danny, who, remember, is still a billionaire, I think somebody just recently posted a thing that said that technically he even has more money than Iron Man. Wow. Um, That... Nothing's out of the question, and all she wants is this necklace that was her grandmother's, that was in her storage locker, that she owned, storage locker she rented with Eugene that got confiscated when people 
who who Eugene owed money for basically took all the stuff. Yeah. And she's even like, you don't want to do this because I know who has it and it's bad. And Danny's like adamant, we're going to get you this necklace. Don't worry about it. We'll get you the necklace back. And Luke's like, seriously, you want to do this for a necklace? And then later they're back in the minivan. I can't believe you said we'd do this. It's for Jenny, man. She's family. Yeah, she's family. But this is a bunch of fiddle-faddle. What the hell is fiddle-faddle? Before we go to the next thing, I just got to point out um, yeah, in this big, big, the little snuff big flaw here. Uh, Iron Fist doesn't have his dragon tattoo. Um, so, yeah. He did have it in the flashback scene on the first or second page, but he is clearly tattooless on his chest right here. Yeah. Which is a huge error. I am sorry, but did you ever read the book? <laughs> uh, I mean, this has happened it's, before. Oh, I know it's happened before, but come on. It's the first issue and you're already dropping these mistakes? Yeah. I mean, who was the proofreader? Because they should be fired. Yeah, that, it, <laughs> it is something that probably shouldn't have happened, but it, it, as long as it doesn't like, Axel, keep happening. Axel, your days are numbered. <laughs> so, so after the what the hell is the fiddle faddle comment yeah. we get a little flashback scene of baby Danielle Cage sitting on the floor playing with a toy more Swearing. than likely dropping the F-bomb three times and it's a Spider-Gwen toy there's a lot of Spider-Gwen drops in this for some reason um, and uh, Luke and Jessica are laying on the couch and she's like Luke I love you sweetie but you gotta do something about all the swearing says Jessica <laughs> Right, to, King, uh, King Swear in yeah, she's got quite the potty her mouth own series I mean, in the TV show. I guess she's uh, grown up now, but yeah, well, not grown up, but you know, motherhood, etc. Um, and then Danny essentially says that Luke Cage has been whipped. Yep, um, you shot a short leaf there, buddy. And they're walking now, through the I street. Love, yeah. I do love this panel because it's just reality, especially yeah. with it's. <laughs> morons out there that they're just walking down the street trying to get from point A to point B and everyone's got their phones out, everyone's taking pictures and there's one moron with a selfie stick. Yeah, yeah, and his face is just... himself into the picture. All he's gonna get is his head and Luke Cage's shoulder though. Yeah, <laughs> Luke really. Cage is just so big, so... But yeah, it's a great panel there. Um, and I like I like the art style, the sort of like rough... I just... Just something again. I don't have a problem with the art yet. Yeah, yeah. I'm, so, I'm so far. I'm okay with it. Other than the dragon brand missing. So that's my only. And well, the the next panel has another flaw, but that's not the artist's fault because the artist does not lay down the word bubbles. Yeah. And they have the word bubbles on this next panel coming out of the wrong people's heads. Yeah, that's mixed up. Um, so Danny is speaking like a, a large, powerful man, and Luke Cage is <laughs> speaking like you know Shaggy from Scooby Doo. So, um, yeah. So they arrive at the location, and Luke says, "Yeah, Luke's pretty much just still. He's still griping that Danny agreed to do this, like mm. for both of the like um, on Luke's behalf as well." Um, and Danny's like, come on, dude. <laughs> She's family. 
you know, it's not that bad. Um, and they knock on the door. Oh, and come on. You've got to drop that word bubble. you got to say that word bubble. What word bubble is this? And you said that. Now, let me do all the talking, okay? Because this guy is bad. Knick-knack, paddywhack. <laughs> A bad what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so apparently now, not only does he say sweet Christmas, but he's replaced all swears with odd phrases either having to do with junk food or nursery rhymes. Yeah. So uh, as they buzz on the door, this ominous figure is watching them through a monitor. And he's like, yeah, what you want? And Luke's like, want to have a word with the man. And he says, come on up, elevator's busted. So they uh, walk up. Uh, Luke Cage is saying that him and this guy have a history. Danny just has to keep his mouth shut. Um, and then Danny says, this place is cool. What I say? Not a word. And they walk in the door here, and there's... Um, is that poster? There's, the, I don't know, it looks pretty groovy. Um, I'm not sure what that who that is supposed to be. I'm sure it's supposed to be someone. I don't know. Maybe a spin on Mar- uh, Marilyn Man- Manson. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe but our they listeners are, know. They are greeted with Lonnie Lincoln, a.k.a. Tombstone. He runs organized crime north of 110th Street. Probably because south of 110th Street is Kingpin. Yeah, so, like, all the other crime laws essentially just get, like, a street. And Kingpin's probably running them without even... Actually, I don't even know what Kingpin's doing right now. I'm not up to date with uh, Daredevil, so... I have not heard good things about the new series. So, Lonnie greets them with, Sup, been a minute. Didn't know you were back together with Iron Man. Yeah, it's... Fist. Iron Fist. And we ain't back together, per se. We're just two friends kicking it. Good to see you, Lonnie. I like that suit. Kicking it, huh? You and Iron Man just decided to pay a visit to your old boy, Lonnie. Let's skip the beep and yeah. tell me what you want. So... Then he goes to tell him about the necklace. Yeah, why is Luke being so polite? I think it's just respect for each other, and he knows this guy has numbers under his control. So if Pooh does go down, 40, 40, 50 people could flood the room, and he just doesn't want that because he's trying to get away from that life. He's a family man father now. Then why do you bring the living weapon, the guy who inadvertently set loose 33 shoe on New York City? Um, well, I think that is addressed in the next page. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that is and true. And after Luke uh, lays out the story, Lonnie's just sitting there going, sounds like someone's calling me a thief. And Luke is like, basically saying, no, 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 no one's calling you a thief, Lonnie. And as this is going on, we see masked men start entering the room from behind. Just that there's a necklace with a red stone and a design carved in it belongs to a good friend that got mixed up with some other things that belonged to Eugene Manson, which was what you acquired due to the debt he had left unpaid. Oh, I know Eugene Mason fool never owed me any money, which means someone's been calling me a thief and telling lies on me. As for this necklace, and he takes it off its stand, which was literally right behind his head. And he says that uh, he, he won it in a game against the hood. 
which uh, Luke sort of starts to look panicky in that panel. His face is, uh, you know, he's like, well, let's not get upset. Seems to be a misunderstanding. And then Tombstone's like, no, it seems to be pretty clear what's happening. And he says he comes in here, calls him a thief, and then he sits here in his home and tells lies on him. And... That's in the meantime, this room is getting filled up with more and more people. Yeah. Some with masks, some without. And I don't know why they're all wearing gloves with what look like has large screw heads in them. Yeah. Well, I mean... But Tombstone is getting more and more pissed as he's talking. It's probably so they can, like, hurt more when they punch them. And, uh, yeah, yeah, Tombstone says yes. the worst part, the the bleep he can't let slide is that he brought a living weapon into his home like I don't know what that means <laughs> and Danny just goes oh man I didn't even say anything <laughs> and then two goons go up on Danny and he's like don't do this it won't end well and one of the goons is like oh it's getting done <laughs> now hold still like anybody with half a brain would even go up against the guy who, you know, just recently turned the an guard. entire skyscraper into uh, Voltron. <laughs> yeah, and then, and like, killed a god as well by punching it. So, yeah. That stuff happens, by the way, guys, but that's a while down the track till we cover that. So, but yeah, it seems like Danny break. yeah, Danny breaks his arm. Um, Takes but... out a few of his teeth with an elbow smash. Remember the last... It's uh, just basically standing there with the look on his face, like, oh, sweet Christmas. Like, oh, man, no. <laughs> and the, like... remember the last issue we covered, and Danny's like, careful, you just need to beat these people, not cripple them. But now he's <laughs> just, like, breaking their arms and knocking out their teeth, so. He's going Steven Seagal in their asses. Yeah. <laughs> and so now Luke enters the fray, and basically he's like, watch out for the best. The skin's unbreakable. But the vest is silk. Wow. <laughs> and now there's like 50 people in this room. They're both <laughs> battling crap loads. Luke's got guys pig piling on them. Danny's got a, a appendage going in each different direction, popping somebody. And he's like, isn't this awesome? <laughs> and Luke Cage is just like, not at all. Yeah, Danny's a lot less moody than he has been of like, he's, he's enjoying the fight now. He's, But enjoying it in a good healthy, non-homicidal way, so... And Danny's like, we just want that necklace! And he gets it, he... Danny snags it. And then the fight's over, everybody's knocked out, except Luke, Danny, and, of course, Tombstone. Yeah. Well, Tombstone didn't seem to do any fighting. No, he stayed back, he didn't... Which doesn't make really any sense to me, because he... As far as I remember, he did have super strength... And he also has a high invulnerability, just like Luke Cage. And didn't he originally have spikes for teeth? I think so, yeah. Or was that phased in and then phased right back out? I don't think it lasted oh, I'm, too- I'm not sure. I know they were there at some point, I think. Um, so, uh, Tombstone tells Luke Cage that he's being set up. And it's like, well, if that's the case, why did you attack him? Just get annoyed that Danny was there, I guess. I guess. And then 
Luke makes the comment like, you know, I can't hear you with that weird-ass whisper yell, right? He's like, you don't want to mess with me, Cage. <laughs> and, and then we see yeah. Tombstone uh, leaving the building on the third floor by an exit that wasn't originally there. Yes, he gets he goes, pushed out of the building. And then they seem to be walking away from him. So yeah, like, while well, he's like in a pile of garbage on the they, side of the street. Did they walk down? Walk or in? jump out the hole? Who knows? Yeah. But he's like, listen to me, the necklace has magical powers. Yeah. And Danny's like, is he saying something? So they get in the van and Luke's like, that didn't go well. Danny's like, well, look, we got the necklace back. So, um, although Luke Cage is questioning this whole necklace deal. You know, yeah, the stories like, are not lining up. While, while with Tombstone lie, and then Danny's like, well, why wouldn't he? He's a bad guy, that's what they do. <laughs> he sort of has a point, but, yeah. So, Jenny's... They're, they're back at Jenny's house now? Well, Sister of Mercy House, South yeah, Bronx. sorry. A home that's... for female parolees. So it's a halfway house for yeah. people who are getting out of jail and don't have anywhere to go yet. And she's, and she's ecstatic. You did it. You got my grandmother's necklace back. We said we'd do it, and we did. And it ain't. It wasn't easy. Tombstone said the necklace was his. Said he won it in a card game. And Jenny's all bawling her eyes out, holding the necklace up. You don't think I'm? I just wanted my <laughs> grandmother's necklace. So yeah. she's basically saying, you know. And she's saying we're family. Why would I lie to you? And. Danny's like, yeah, man, you big, powerful jerk. Who are we going to believe? Okay, you know, he doesn't actually say that. (laughs) Who are we going to believe, family or an ex-con like Tombstone? And Luke's like, "Uh, I'm an ex-con and so is Jenny. (laughs) (laughs) And um, Jenny's all like, oh, I knew I shouldn't have asked for your help. I just want a part of my old life back. Then Danny's like, come on, guys, group hug. He doesn't say that, but he does have an anime face and he's sort of saying it like that yes and Danny's teeth are weird it's like he's doing crack (laughs) (laughs) I mean not that that's bad for your teeth or anything um (laughs) yes they all they wind up hugging he's like doesn't this feel much better than fighting and Luke is sort of um I don't know I don't know what that expression is (laughs) it's something I don't even want to comment on it Oh. And then we go to later, where uh, apparently Tombstone is bitching to the men in black. Uh, that Iron Fist and Power Man stole the Super Soul Stone. Yes, that Super Soul Stone. So it's the like... Super Soul Stone. And then it goes to Luke and Jessica Jones. I mean, so the purpose of this panel, I guess, is to show that Tombstone wasn't lying. Well, right. Not, and not he is before. saying that someone's going to pay for this. He's saying that they stole it, so... Uh, I mean, I don't know what... I, I think it could have done without that panel, but... Yeah. Um, and it goes to Luke and Jessica. And uh, Luke's lying on the floor and holding up Danielle Cage. It's a nice panel, I think. I like yep. It. And she's like, so... Sorry to hear you had such a rough day, but just to be clear, you and Danny are not getting back together, right? She's like, no, baby, I love Danny like a brother, but today was a one-time thing, doing a favor for a friend, I guarantee. Mm. 
And then we have poor Danny reminiscing in his closet. Yeah. Next to his jelly beans and skateboard. Yeah. Looking through old newspaper files. What the hell does it say? Army of frost frogs. Arnold's hoping we get a Meacham head in the background there, but Villain Swag. Something hip hop. Shaw Brothers movies. Can't go wrong there. Box of Master of Kung Fu movies. Huh. Something that says number one. Jar jelly beans. <laughs> and anyways. Luke still talking says, No more Power Man and Iron Fist, no more heroes for hire, ain't got time for that fiddle faddle. And Luke and uh, Danny's looking at uh, one of the newspaper clippings going, Man, today was so awesome. There's no way he cannot do this. Yeah. And then we go back to Jenny holding the necklace. And, well, it seems like she's double crossing them. Yep. Which isn't a huge surprise. And uh, she says... Talking that, to someone off-panel. She calls Danny an idiot. <laughs> yep. Like, you know, she really strung him along. Um, and then she says, you know, like family would leave me to rot in prison for all those years. So... The person off-camera asks if they can hold the necklace. Yeah. And she says, what's well, mine is yours. We're in this together, sister. Isn't it beautiful, girl? It's more than beautiful it's power and once word gets out that Lonnie Lincoln let this kind of power slip through his fingers he's going to find his empire crumbling it's over for Tombstone Black Mariah is about to take over and we are seen with the very large and voluptuous if mm -hmm. we can use those yep. Mariah Dillard aka Black Mariah Black Mariah and, and White Jenny are about to take over. And... Sure, sisters, gonna stick together. Next issue. Oops, maybe Jenny was lying. And let's see if that title stays the same. Dun, dun. Yep. Um, and uh, uh, Black Mariah, I, I'm almost positive, popped up in several early issues of uh, Heroes for Hire, or Hero for Hire, Luke Cage Hero for Hire. Uh, the original issues way, way back in the 70s with Luke Cage. Yeah, I, I have no <laughs> knowledge of it, but that sounds about right. Because um, I, I don't, I, I think, I don't think I've read any solo Luke Cage, really. So... Well, you should. So it's pretty good. Very, 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 what's the proper word to use here? Black exploitation. Black exploitation. Yeah. Lots of almost everybody he fought was from the ghetto and black and stereotypes of one type or another for oh, quite some time. Huge thing back then. Hey, he even got James Bond, Live and Let Die. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. So anyway, um, that was the issue. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was okay. Um, yeah, it gets an okay from me too. It's uh, didn't. Uh, I, there was a few things I liked. Like I really liked how Tombstone pointed out that Luke Cage literally brought a living weapon into his home, and expected that not to start a fight. Um, I liked some of the art, um, plot, and stuff. I mean, uh, maybe I would like the plot more if I was more of a Luke Cage, more knowledgeable about Luke Cage and stuff, and I was more into him. But um, I mean, it was okay. It was pretty. 
for a first issue, um, it's I think it's Carl late. mentioned this before. It's like if I didn't know Power Man and Iron Fist and already liked them, then I wouldn't have been persuaded to pick up a second issue. Yeah, unfortunately, like it wouldn't have sold me. I'm still standing by that. Uh, I don't see. Well, let me put it this way. If you didn't know about Power Man and Iron Fist and who they already were, and that you didn't know the Netflix shows were coming, because I think that's almost a catch-22, is they almost don't have to do too much work here, because the whole Netflix thing is building up so huge that they just have to reintroduce the characters. So they didn't really have to make this a Grand Slam issue. They just needed to make it okay, and they did it okay. Uh, there's nothing bad about this issue at all, but there's nothing super about this issue. Yeah, it's a very... Uh, it seems... I don't, what would you give it, 1 to 10? Um, I'll give it a 6, because I think 5 is a bit harsh. 6 is like... You know, it's... Yeah, for me, 6, it doesn't stand out, but... I'd actually give it a 7. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, it's okay. Um, the the art literally grows on you. Yes. Um, the more you look at it, the more you enjoy it, the more yeah. you can pick certain stuff out. Um, when I was first seeing just the oddball shots yeah. of the artwork you know, on all these different websites when the, the book was you know in its working phases, I was kind of like, ooh, what's going on there? But... No, it, it, it honestly grows on you. So by the time you even get to the end of the issue, you're you're already comfortable with it, which is great. Um, a lot of different styles out yeah. there, and um, the main thing is is getting the books done on time. And if this guy can keep, if this is his style that works for him, and he can pound out, yeah, you know, an issue every three weeks, so to, so it makes it to print. And out on the shelf every month, I'm perfectly fine with that. Yeah, it's when they have to bring in guest artists and all this other stuff to make up pages for other people, where I, it really starts to bother me. Which we've been having a lot of lately. <laughs> so mm -hmm. yeah, it's good to not have it here. Um, I think yeah, it. I stand by six out of ten because for me a seven like is pretty good. So, um, but. Yeah, I mean, I'll, we'll, we'll, we will keep covering this as it comes out, though. We'll uh, pick up yep. the new issues and stuff. Um, have it on our pull list. Um, yeah. So, um, do you have any anything else to add? No, that's about it for now. Um, so, uh, next week we'll be back to our normal schedule, so we'll be covering Iron Fist 9. Um, yes. And, uh... John Byrne. We'll also be reading out some mail we got um, next week and addressing a couple of questions. We got mail. Yeah, and there, there's, a, there's a hefty question in there. That will, um... It only took five months. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, hey, we got mail. It's good. So, um, And we actually just found that out just after we recorded that where we constantly mentioned how we get no mail. Then I checked the email at the end, and I'm like, oh, we got mail. So, yeah. Hmm. It's all good. All good. All right. It'll get, it'll get handled. Until next week. Yes. Peace. Namaste.
or infest in all the characters in these comics are properties of Marvel and Disney and any music or images we use belong to their respective copyright holders and we do this for fun so please don't sue us you can contact us at sonsofthedragonpodcast at gmail.com just send us mail comments thoughts send us anything you want really even if it's not about Iron Fist um, and if you don't want it read it on the air just mention that um, you can also reach us at Facebook the Immortal Iron Fist Podcast Sons of the Dragon our Twitter at Iron Fist Podcast our SoundCloud soundcloud.com forward slash sons of the dragon with hyphens where the spaces are our youtube connor carl just search iron fist podcast on youtube and you'll find us real quick and then there's our wordpress sons of the dragon the immortal iron fist podcast dot wordpress.com we are also on itunes feel free to rate us there if you rate us less than five stars well just tell us what we're doing wrong and we'll try and improve that and last but not least we are on podcast garden in the literature section And thanks to Thomas Tissot for the theme song at the start. And thanks.